0: Hello, welcome to episode 181 of Three Bears A Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neil. Barry, we're once again doing this via the one with a Zoom, so I on Zoom again. Um, opposite end of the country, we're staying safe, we're staying isolated, we're not traveling any more than three feet away from our house for exercise, we're staying very local. Um, how are you mm. doing in this in these lockdown? part four, three, four, we're in... Uh
1: yeah business as usual
0: <laughs> this, is, this is now life this so, is now life yeah
1: um, so many shops are uh, claiming to be a uh, was it uh, a essential, essential businesses yeah. to yeah, yeah to remain open how convenient yes. Who um, thought many shops for example was um essential yes,
0: yes. Uh, so yes. but we we're, we're, we're yeah. doing the right thing that, we're, we're, staying, we're staying safe we're staying good we're not we're not breaking any rules this is good yeah
1: yeah it's just it's frustrating because like we both know because our age bracket and the fact yeah just our age bracket in general we're going to be like one of the last people to be vaccinated so that's frustrating i've got absolutely no qualms with a you know proper frontline workers and everyone else getting it but my grievances come when it's like politicians and all that are getting it and you're like Really? Are you are you frontline matey? Are you balls yeah. deep in fucking COVID? I don't think so, mate. Yeah. Back to the fucking end of the queue.
0: There is going to come a point very soon. I think it's already started where you get businesses trying to buy the virus for their staff or for people so they can either mm. buy to give to their staff or buy to sell it on. So yeah, you, you don't. That's when it shouldn't be. It should be a national rollout where everyone gets it. There should be You should be able to buy your way through it. That's that, I know. that defeats the purpose of it. But. We're not, we're not, we're not practical, Barry, we will, um, no, no,
1: the the, the only, the only minor excitement happened was, um, I was delivering to a particular shop, I'm not going to name names and everything, I was delivering to one shop one night, took their delivery in, no problemo, rummaged around, done my thing, came back out, came home, went back to work again, was told, yeah, see that shop you deliver to? don't deliver to it again tonight, even though there's going to be an order there for it because it's shut down and covered in COVID. And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah." Yeah. So at this point, every week, I'm just dancing with the devil, slowly getting closer and closer. Well, good
0: Uh. luck to you, sir. Stay away from me for the time being. Um, It's a Sunday night. (laughs) we recording late on a Sunday night. um, Are you drinking anything tonight or are you being well-behaved? Uh,
1: not right now. I'm not gonna lie; I'm not actually long up to be fair.
0: <laughs> it's,
1: it's like I've had kind of Kelly like, a kind of day of on and off and just relaxing, watching shit on the TV and stuff. You know, just a proper chilled out day. You know,
0: nice. um, you have a sleep pattern that is rival Dracula, to be honest. So, yes. Um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about you as we always do. We'll touch very quickly. Camel Laird, unfortunately, not playing this now as Everything is shut down as we would expect. So good luck to them, and it won't it back. Um, I have no movie news, but you're always a man who likes to delve deep into this of the more obscure movie news. Um, what are you bringing to us today? What, what, what have you read this week? There's your interest.
1: Ah, uh, there was a couple, but this one, this one really is like next level because there's only there's only like a handful of people in Hollywood who could actually pull this off, and this man is Tom Cruise, who after the last time, as we know, he exploded on set at a couple of people talking. Uh, which we rightly sided with him, saying that yeah. it was kind of bang out of order. Well, this time he's just because he can't keep an eye on everyone, he has decided to invest in two robots for the set that will keep an eye on everyone and record everything as they go along, go about their daily business, uh, to make sure that everyone's following Co- uh, COVID covid protocols okay. so we've got that so if you're on a movie set with tom cruise don't be alarmed when there's two robots wandering around filming you and making sure you're still keeping two meters apart and wearing your mask and everything
0: part of me does think this is the that they, they are not two robots but they're simply two people that tom cruise has bought or hired and just wrapped them in tinfoil and has them walking around <laughs> as a robot you know
1: i imagine uh, these were the two robots that started off the destruction of uh, humanity like. It's like the first version of the T1000. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, Tom strikes me as any other boss. He will keep an eye on his employees. It's interesting, my employers sent me a webcam recently. Um, nope. I'm, <laughs> I'm not on OnlyFans or anything of such like, but um, it's I'm for, really like, disappointed. Yeah, I'd make a fortune. <laughs> um, it's for, like, team, it's for like, team meetings and team catch up. They all want, they want to see your face rather than just talking on the phone, which I'm really not all for. Um, well, for Trump, I mean, the think,
1: that you're using then
0: now. Part of me also thinks, Have they got messages? I'll put it on my computer and they can just sort of tap into it time during the day to check that I am actually working, as opposed to you know, yeah, making many cups of coffee that I've been known to do and get distracted mm. and things like that. So, first thing you do when you get it, cover it up, you know, that's that's the yeah. way I do it. So, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. someone covers up the, the eyes on well, Tom Cruise's robot just to just to, fuck with you, to be honest
1: yeah 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 like like I said like I don't know, I don't know how many years ago it was. it was like a good few years ago, like everyone suddenly realized that people's like laptop and webcams were getting hacked yep. quite easily, so people started taping over the little webcams that came with like laptops and stuff, so yeah, just do the same did just put a bit of tape over it, bit of paper, towel, whatever and then if you need to do a meeting, just whip off the towel and talk away. well,
0: that's what I was in my, my camera is covered all times, apart from I have to be on it. I, I refuse to yeah. let Facebook or Elon Musk or anyone else look into my my lap, my camera, my laptop, see the fuck I'm up to because so they, they will. I'm sure they will exploit me yeah. in some way. Um, yeah, but it's yeah, like and, that
1: whole thing with the with the what it, the ring a doorbell cams and webcams. People yeah. find a way to exploit them,
0: so yeah. you know. Be wary, people. Be wary. If big tech is giving you something, there's will a reason why they're giving it to you, and they will use it in a way that will probably fuck you over at some point.
1: Yeah, um, that's why I don't have an Amazon Echo.
0: Very clever. We have, and we've we got an Amazon Echo. And I said, you know, you know guarantee it. We'll start get, if we start calling something in the house, I guarantee it. Can you go on your Instagram? There'll be adverts for it. So we start talking about, say, for example, once to go on holiday to New York. Mm. It's amazing how many New York adverts suddenly start popping up on your Twitter, on your, your Instagram. You know, it's, it's quite amazing, and then, you know. Yeah, we um, we 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 want everyone in the bedroom, in the office, and living room. So every opportunity Amazon is listening to what I want, and they will, I'm sure, start sending me things at some point when I'm mistakenly all of them drunk.
1: I was actually thinking about you last night when I was sitting there watching the Boston game. I'm like, I wonder if he needs a new TV controller. <laughs> I had visions of you flinging this TV controller right across the room. <laughs> Richard
0: does not get angry at games in the regular season. He waits the playoffs, then he gets angry. Ah, okay. All okay. All them. Not, not game two of a season, <laughs> Game two of a season, I'm, I'm, better, I'm better than other um, um, <laughs> than I did start pacing the whole overtime, mind you. But it's, no. Early season games are mm. Uh, it gets, uh, as it gets a game to dawn uh, a bit more um, hopefully I go. was
1: holding my breath there watching the Penguins game because yeah, it, it fell into overtime and then it fell into penalties and I was like <gasps> and then they kept on missing and then I'm like <gasps> oh no come on but luckily enough luckily enough
0: it flung in our favour well done well done um, but hey, we'll move on to our movie discussions as we always yeah. do so we've we'll got a few movie things discussed this week so the first one is one that's on Netflix, but it was out in the cinemas. I think, during lockdowns, but like sort of when like mm-hmm. the lockdowns that sort of partially lifted. Um, people could go and see this film, but not many people saw it because of that. Um, and that film is Baby Teeth, um, directed by Shannon Murphy, um, who's done lots of Australian television, and also she directed the episode of Killing Eve uh, on the BBC, which is mm-hmm. um, a pretty big show. Um, the plot yeah. of this film is, it's a young girl, a teenage girl who's got cancer. Um, she's sort of in the late stages of cancer. She knows it. The family know it. It's it sort of it's well it's well on its way. She knows she's going to die relatively soon. Um, when she falls. Well, still going about her life, she falls for a guy who she meets at a train station one day. Um, the guy is clearly, clearly... I would say every parent's probably worst nightmare. You know, he's a, he's a yeah. drug user. He's, a, he's definitely a bad boy. But she falls in fact with him. And she brings him home. And sort of the family are torn between sort of wanting to sort of and let her enjoy her final months of life with this guy and also have this mm. guy who is clearly bad news for the for the family and for, for her indeed but, but it's still a bad influence um, and, it's, and it's yeah, just yeah. the family did the trying to trying to to, 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 to follow to, to, to understand that and to, to go along with this um, and in the film you've got Eliza Scanlon she plays the young girl with cancer and uh, she's a little woman and if you've seen that recently Toby Wallace plays the Boyfriend, for lack of a better word. Um, she, he is in um, tons of Aussie TV. Not, I don't really know him, but he's in tons of Aussie television. Um, Essie Davis plays the mother. You know her. She's in the, the mum from the Babadook. You've seen the Babadook, which is a fantastic um, yeah. Aussie horror film. Yeah, you got to watch it. Phenomenal movie. Um, and also, Ben Mendelssohn plays her dad. Um, he's also from Ready Player One, Rogue One recently, and tons of other stuff. Ben Mendelssohn does a lot of work. Um, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was actually genuinely very sweet. Um, it was very funny mm. at times. Um, really dark humour, because obviously it's dealing with something that's a pretty dark subject, and it, sort of, it has that gallows humour to it. But also at the point of that, it's very much um, sort of dealing with a, a family who are on the edge, and a family who are struggling. And it shows that well, and, and how they're trying to deal with it in their own, all in their, pretty much all in their own way. They're not they're not really dealing it with, with about it with each other. They're almost dealing it almost separately. You know, the, like the mum's doing her thing, the dad's doing his thing, the, the daughters doing her thing. It's like there's not a lot of cohesion between them, which is not a bad thing. I imagine that's what it might. Imagine in this situation, family will either come very close together, or might become even more sort of polarised because they're sort of deciding yeah, yeah. in different ways. Um, yeah. And what was amazing about how it, it would be very genuinely, very very funny. And also, genuinely very heartbreaking, almost within like, the same sentence or the same moment. You know, there was sort of real moments of like, you really laugh and you go, oh, that's so, I shouldn't laugh at that, it's so horrendous. Um, mm. What did you think of it?
1: I've got one question to ask. Do you think the dad got that across the road neighbour pregnant? No. Okay.
0: No, I don't think Fair so. All right. I didn't read it as that anyway. I had-
1: I kind of read it as that well I, I not initially but then the second time when he went to change the lights and all that that's when I was like huh I mean you probably that's could read thing. it definitely could read it like that I, I
0: personally didn't read it like that um, but yeah, it was a
1: it. bit of a storyline that didn't really go anywhere to be honest it kind of just, just appeared right. and then disappeared you know just But um, outside that yeah I thought like you said I thought it was a really, really, a really kind of nice movie dealing with a really shitty subject matter the last, like, eh, I don't know, what, like, twenty, fifteen, twenty 15, 20 minutes or something, proper had me choking. Like, proper oh, yeah. light on it. This is fucking grim. I'm like, yeah, a very grim,
0: sad ending, yeah. The yeah. thing is, but it doesn't lie, but you, you know that's how it has to be. No. Yeah, I, I know. No, yeah. but, you know, but it's, 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 it's not like it's... the film called me, on and the dying girl. And at the start of that film, he said, this is not a happy love story. This girl will die because she's a dying girl. You know, so don't mm. think it's even go to like at the happy end of this film. And sort of this film get that same vibe of, you know, she's not going to live. She can't live. She's like mm. terminal leukemia, cancer. She's, she's definitely making this, she will die. So even when mm. she does die at the end, it's, it still feels like a real gut point Because you almost want the sort of the Hollywood happy ending. Yeah. do sort of sort themselves out a little bit. But that would be totally against, you know, what, what the, the ethos of the story is.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. did Totally. Um Yeah. But, yeah, I thought it was just a really nice, well-told film. It was, yeah. uh, obviously, like you said, dealing with a shitty subject matter. Every parent's fucking nightmare. Yeah. Because, like, he, he's just, like, a crazy drug user. And then, like, the dad's, uh, like, a psychiatrist. So he's, yeah. like, able to uh, prescribe him, like, drugs, which makes the situation just, like, a hundred times worse.
0: Aye. You know? The dad's um, trying to keep him in the daughter's life because the daughter seems that she one to, help, like, to... Help. Point of joy in her life as this absolute loser asshole. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought she was. I thought um, Scanlon was really good as a young girl. I thought she played that well. A, a lot of compassion. Mm. But you remember, yeah. I never really like, felt that. This is a positive a positive way you don't feel sorry for her. She's not like a sad sack character. You go like you she spends the whole time moping around. She's very much no. She's not that kind of character. But she's also you know she's dying, but you don't feel sorry for her.
1: No. No, you kind of like she's obviously like you can tell. Like, I'm assuming this guy happens to maybe like a lot, but I'm only assuming because I've never actually had anyone, yeah, touch with who's ever had like cancer or whatever. Yeah. But like, I get a feeling when you know it's terminal, I think like you just make peace with life and you're just like, awesome. yeah, Fuck and that's it, and you that's know, goal, and you that's just, just get on with it. You know? Yeah, that's how yeah. my
0: Her performance wasn't one of trying to mope around for sadness, you know. like um, you know, My Sister's Keeper style, it was very much an acceptance and just trying to get the last few bits of life out. Um, yeah. Essie Davis playing the mother I thought was phenomenal. She, played, she has this new thing where she plays like mothers on the edge and she does it amazingly well. Mm. Like the scene...
1: Oh yeah, she did. yeah.
0: Yeah, again, trying find a Babadook to watch is she plays a mother on the fucking brink of all craziness in that film. There's a mother who is literally falling apart in that film, but, she plays it so well. She, she has now this thing of mother on the edge. She can really do it in a great way. Um, and Ben Mendelsohn. is <laughs> a great actor. And in this film, for a film that's mm. sort of you think he was sort of like the dark touch point in the film, he's sort of really sort of low thing in it. He's not. He's actually a real. He's actually quite one of the lightest type. He's kind of the funniest type in it. He's sort of yeah. like a charm. A lot of like. Yeah. Part of me thinks that was more like the real him. Compared to what you're used to seeing, which is he plays a bad guy quite a lot, and he's got that kind of face, and he plays and he does it so well as well. But this seemed like more who he was. He seemed like a, it seemed a much like more charming version of himself, which again mm. it's always great to see him do something different. Because, um, you don't want to see him always play the same role all the time. So I really, I really, really enjoyed this film. The only thing I would say against it was it it touches two levels in terms of in terms of length. Mm. Um, probably gonna trim maybe. 15, 20 minutes out to try and just make it I tighten and, it up again. It, yeah, yeah. More, it, it does feel like it, it sort of drags and dry, drag, not drags a lot, but it just it just it feels a couple of beats too long. There's a few things I think you probably didn't really need. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, like the whole final scene after she passed away, that didn't offer mm. much to me. Um, You're know, watching that.
1: No. I- I, th- I was about to say, like, um, that bit was the bit that kind of choked me up the most. It wasn't so much her dying, it was more that bit because that was, like, really, for me, the first time you really seen the dad showing any sort of, like, real emotion about what uh, was actually happening.
0: Sure.
1: I would have preferred that scene in the in the movie of when it should have taken place uh, rather than tacked on at the end. It felt a bit random, you know?
0: Yeah. I, um, and, but, but no, I, I don't either. I, the film, really enjoyed it, really funny, really fun not funny watch, a really good watch, a really entertaining watch, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and I would definitely look out for the work that Shannon Murphy does, sorry, Murphy mm-hmm. does later on, in, is, it, is it Murphy or Murphy? I'm, I'm going to have to double check her name now, because I don't want really to pronounce her name wrong. Murphy. Um, is, is it Murphy, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, Murphy. Yeah,
0: Murphy, because obviously she's got a bit, definitely understands how to, you know, tell a story. I would give her a very yeah. solid 8 out of 10, hope yourself. Nice, I'm joining you on that one. I made it eight out of ten as well. Nice one. Um that's good. So on from that, we move on to another net. This is a very Netflix heavy show, by the way. Well, for a good chunk of it. Um next one is an awesome. <laughs> Again, it was on on lock, was out during lockdown, but I think seen by many. Um, and that is a film called Proxima mm. um directed by Alice Wynne, mm. uh who's the French director. She's done a film called Disorder um recently. So and um, that's of what she's sort of better known for. And the film you've got um it's a story about a, a woman who is about to become one of the first people, to, or not one of the first people, who is training for her mission to Mars. Um, Mars is become sort of the next destination for the space race. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So the thought of this film is that um, an, an astronaut is training to go to for, the, for, the, for the, one of the missions to Mars. Um, at the same time, she can through the war proceedings with her husband um, and the you know, custody with her child. It's not quite up for up for debate. Sort of, they understand what's happening with it, um, but there's sort of that um, tension, Tension between you know husband and wife after a divorce, and um, she's also trying to get through the training where the other astronauts see this as sort of bit of a liability because she's a woman, which makes no sense, but that's the way the, the old school astronaut is. And um, it's just really it's more as a woman trying yeah. to, trying to get through life while dealing with everything that life throws at you. you. know it's almost a workplace kind of you know it's a woman trying to survive in a, essentially a man's world, and, and how she has to deal with deal with that. Um, in the film you got Eva Green, um, she plays the, the astronaut. Um, Matt Dillon plays sort of like the other astronaut in the crew who's a who knows about it, is mm. in dick. Um Thomas Ackerman plays her husband or her ex-husband, and Sandra Huller popped up in a role as well as a, I think she's a principal of the other kids' school, if I remember rightly. Um what do you think of this one, Barry? Yeah.
1: This was okay. That's this was like a bit of a letdown. I was expecting a lot more from it. Probably because I quite enjoyed uh, last week's uh, space movie, uh, the one with George Clooney. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed that one. That's when it just, like you said, it felt like it was just a movie about a woman just struggling with life. It didn't really have anything, really. It just so happened to be she, ha- she happened to be an astronaut. Yes. Uh, so, but you could have plopped her in any position, in any job in the world, and it would have been the exact same story. Um,
0: he did, but I think the idea of her going away for because the, the trip to Marley yeah. was a year, that was a big yeah. difference, you know, it's her making that decision to leave her child, to leave and the, yeah. leave, her, leave her in control of the father. Um, and that was sort of, you need that element of it to make it, it's not, it's not just her going away for work for a couple of weeks, it's literally, oh, excuse me, a full year she's away for. So, mm. you know, that was a big, that sort of, it's, and, it's, and it's almost like the mother's, it's, it's, it's weird because if this was a film done from a father's point of view, I feel mm. like it would be a lot more the fact that the dad had to go away for a year because that's what dads do. Dads have to go away to work type thing. You don't really know if the Matt Dulling kind of had a had a kid, for example. Is he leaving their kids behind? Whereas it's mm. like the pain of a mother leaving her child behind is so much worse than a father leaving a child behind. Um, yeah, yeah. So the bigger part of it, I thought, was the idea of, like, the sort of the work environment she has where people don't seem to trust her for some reason because she's a woman. That seems such an odd thing. Yeah. You know, she's obviously a very qualified woman in her role. But yeah, she should like you know, at one point she walks in and talks about what a workload is. Uh her dad's like and her dad her commanding officer's like, Oh, you should maybe take some of that work off and you can do it. And She's sort of like, Would you take more of He's like, No, 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 no. She's like, why would I do? Like she she knows she's capable type thing. So that was really interesting, you know, sort of the workplace dynamics of you know what women are expected to do and what they can mm. do and what they should be allowed to do, you know, sort of like they can do it whatever the fuck they want because they, they can do the job as well as anyone else can do it.
1: Yeah, I'd like to think if you're getting to that level within like NASA or any other space program, you're more than capable of doing any job. Uh-huh. You know,
0: actually, these
1: people don't exactly just get picked like fucking X Factor. You know what I mean? It's like mm. you know they go through a stringent tests and everything else. You know,
0: yeah. that that was one of I really I actually really enjoyed this film. But that was one of the things that I thought was a bit odd was mm. the main character. She is fantastic in the role because she plays the role with such subtlety and such compassion mm. and such emotion. She's a brilliant actress that Hollywood has no idea what to do with over the past 10, 15 years. She just doesn't really get enough of her a, a run at Hollywood properly. But everything she's in, she's phenomenal in. Um, mm. So her character kind of felt very rounded, very built, and it grew, and it, and it had life to and it backstory and it felt very solid. Whereas all the other mm. kind of particularly the, particularly the crew, they all felt a little bit sort of undeveloped, and a little bit caricature Like Like the Matt Dillon character kind of felt very sort of like just, you know, Man who hates women, you know, it wasn't really much subtlety to him, you know. That's, you know, and and because of that, that was it felt a little bit jarring and, and, and interacting because it's like, well, he's just he, he's a caricature. You're a proper character. That that didn't really mash up quite as well. As I hoped it was the um, and the the reasoning behind why she wouldn't be good at the job or why she needs to like, sort of take a step back it just never made sense at any point. So. um yeah. The stuff that was all of like the workplace environment stuff and her trying to deal with the, through that, I thought was a weaker part of the film. I thought the bits of the film that I did like was the stuff that her dealing with her daughter and, and trying to make her daughter understand what yes, she was doing and, and the emotion that came from that. That was the stuff that I really enjoyed. I really liked that stuff. I thought I thought it was like really well done. I thought Eva Green sold it fantastically well. I thought the young girl as well played the role fantastically mm. well. Because you are sort of seeing a lot of film from yeah, her yeah. point of view. Sometimes the camera will leave her sitting in a room and you'll hear the parents sort of have a debate in, in our room. So you're very much seeing sort of the idea of a, a relationship breaking down and a divorce from a child's point of view as opposed to the parent's mm-hmm. point of view. So I thought that was a, a, diff- a very different way to approach like sort of those scenes. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, I actually really enjoyed this film. It it's not for everyone. It's very slow. It's, it's not. It doesn't move at any great pace. Yeah,
1: well. That's why I was going to comment on as well. the fact, that it is just shy of two hours, and my God, it feels it when you finish it, you yeah. know.
0: It, it, doesn't, it doesn't move quick. It doesn't get to the point very quickly. Um, and I think also there's that thing that the poster sells it a little bit maybe leans too heavily on the sci-fi in the posters, in the trailer, for example, when there is literally mm. the, the sci-fi element of it is, what, the last five minutes?
1: yeah yeah totally did totally yeah so i did like i did like the bit how the mum did break the like uh, quarantine thing to go and take her daughter to see the rocket because i think everyone can relate to that bit where it's like you will do absolutely anything for like your kids or like your nieces or whatever you know you will do like whatever to keep them happy you know that
0: that was that was was, like that stuff was great me the motion between mother and daughter i thought was fantastic and and Hmm. You know, her coming to care, both of that coming together of what this job means for for a. Um, I just didn't really need the stuff with the crew as much. I felt that that again felt very caricatured. Just didn't feel like it. It probably is true, but it may, it wasn't mm. given the same credence. Um, as the story between the mother and daughter was given because that felt a little bit shallow. and um, compared to film. Mm. Other than that, I really enjoyed this film, and I would um, definitely recommend it to other people to watch. Um, but I would say that it's probably miss-sold in many ways. I imagine people going to film thinking it's something to do with like, Eva Green going to space and stuff like that and it's like, there's literally nothing to like that. It's all very much yeah. On, yeah. On I, I think that's probably why I
1: didn't why I didn't like it as much as like last week's where there was like a strong element of what it was from the very beginning whereas this it was kind of like, right, what are you getting at? What are you getting at? And then it's like, by the time you realise what they're getting at, you're like Okay, okay, so there's actually nothing to do with like space at all, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd give it a very solid seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm saying six. Six, are you? Right, so? Yeah. Yeah. From that, we're going to a, not a last film, but a last Netflix discussion of the day. Um, and that yeah. is the Netflix series, um, History of Swear Words, which doesn't sound that interesting, but it is presented by <sighs> Nicholas Cage the the legend that is the man we all adore, Mr. Nicholas Cage. Um, yeah. It's a six episodes, 20 to 25 minutes long each, where they discuss the entomology and the meaning behind and how the use of a word has changed and they use the six swear words, which are... Do you remember the six swear words?
1: It was... Um,
0: it was four, oh, fuck. Well, 12, yep. Shit. Yeah. Pussy? He, uh, hold
1: on. Let me find the episodes because...
0: Damn, I'm missing one. Maybe crap.
1: Yeah, one of them was really weird. When I seen it, I was like, "That's not even really a swear word."
0: Damn is one was really a swear word, but it actually, is the most cost uh, is a cost word of the highest order. Uh, it means you know to to, to damn to send someone to damnation. So as a bitch, yeah.
1: Damn. About. All right, we've we'll got fuck, shit, bitch, dick, pussy, damn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So that's the six words. All interesting and words we use, probably to the less or more degree, with some of them, depending on what you use. Um, There's a few favourites in there, absolutely for sure. Um, Mm. Then you get Nicholas Cage, he presents it in a sort of very, I can't describe how he presents it. He's sort of a master of memory, sitting in his own living room, Yeah, feels like. Um, Very Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, cut with comedians like Sarah Silverman, Nick Offerman, Nicky Glazer, Jim Jeffries. And also they bring in experts like sort of like beacons of universities, eh, mm. scholars, professors who bring you, bring a more educational value to actually what the word came from, how, what it means, why it's used, why it changed, you know, what what, what, what its role in society is and indeed how it might change. Um, this I actually found like, surprisingly educational. Like it is, it is funny for big chunks of it and it is funny for some of the stuff to come out with. But I actually found it genuinely quite mm. educational know like you you do learn that's stuff awesome. about it which I thought was really well yeah done. Um yeah like I didn't know the, the entomology of like I thought the entomology of fuck was the acronym and uh, fornication mm. of the percent of the king Um and I find that's utter bullshit it's like it's a completely it's like just a made-up story but it's like oh that's what it is Um yeah so there's all be bits in it as well you know the you and also the, like how how words are used and how they're how they're changing you know the idea of, like, using and um, well, Pussy was the one who use a lot of it, uh, and, uh, you know, how it's been taken back by the community, by certain elements of the population to mean something else and to sort of be a positive mm. thing as opposed to a, a negative thing. Same with uh, bitch as well, sort of how it's been used differently by different people and how it's now changing as well. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely thought it was actually really well done. Um, Nicholas Cage is clearly the MVP of it. He, he is in yeah. absolute fine form. He is. Seriously, loving what he was doing with this, and he mm. used them enough not to be boring. He used my Nicholas mm. Cage would be boring, but used enough so it did become a Nicholas Cage show. He just he brings it, he starts it off, he interjects, he brings it home. He's he's not throughout the entire thing. It is actually more about the talking heads to bring in to sort of do the more of the chat, more of the comedy. And um, so I, I actually found this genuinely a lot more fun than I really expected. It, it feels to me like it should be a funnier die sketch that becomes uninteresting after ten minutes. But I, was, mm. I genuinely enjoyed all six episodes. Probably um,
1: yourself. What? Quite clearly not as much as you. No.
0: <laughs> my, uh, my, sense, my bar was very low for us. I did not expect to it. I thought it be quite yes
1: yeah. First and foremost, I didn't realise that Nicolas Cage wasn't going to be in it all the way through. So right. right there and then it lost a point to me. Then when all these other actors and comedians and all that popped up, It just felt very much like one of those shows that's on the TV over the festive period. It's like, the top 100 greatest songs of all time. It felt like that shit. And I was like, here we fucking go. So I was sitting there and I was watching it. And literally every time Nicolas Cage came on the screen, I fucking loved it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Anytime he wasn't in the screen, I found I was completely not interested in what the comedians or whoever they were had to say about swear words. I wasn't overly bothered in the history of them because, really? like you I, said, I, words change through yeah, the course yeah. of time. So, yes, it's interesting, but do I care? No. Am I going to go up to someone and be like, do you know the real meaning of fuck is not actually what you think? No, probably not. Yeah, I would.
0: You know. I totally would do that. I, I, see I, I like <laughs> where words come from and how words are made and how words change. So I, really, I yeah. did genuinely really enjoy all that stuff.
1: Now the the weird one was uh, for the second episode. It was it was shit. I'd never heard of that acronym before. Where it's like sugar and honey and iced uh-huh. tea. I'd never heard that before, so that was a bit like it well, was a bit random. It was, it must be a, like a more American thing. I think that, you
0: know? I think it's gonna, like something like grandmother would say, you know, rather than saying, shit, yeah, she would say, she would say that, you know, it's like people yeah. saying like, see you next Tuesday, rather than saying, yeah, 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 you know, that, that, you know, the, the like, don't say it. it's a horrible one. Um, that's a br- beautiful word
1: because you can pretty much gauge how quickly a conversation's going to go south if they winch at that word. If they oh, go, yeah. it.
0: that, that that's a <laughs> word bit like I can. All the, all the words I mentioned in the, the the show, I actually don't have any problem with. But that one, I, I really don't like it. Um, I'm not a huge yeah. fan of fuck, to be honest, but I do like motherfucker, so I, I, I like a, a version of yeah. fuck, as to fuck on its own. Yeah, but yeah, it was good. Um, it was. I, I just, I don't, mean, don't want, I don't,
1: I just don't want Netflix to go down this route of making absolute throwaway trash like this. See, it's I, fine once in a blue moon.
0: I don't guess is not trash. This is the one thing I've watched on Netflix know, recently that's absolutely not trash. Like it genuinely was educational mm. and interesting. We're going to talk about a show next week yeah. um, that um, not not, not now, not. that I thought was genuinely. John DeShaw. What? John uh, DeShaw. Yeah. Uh, so that I thought it was I thought was generally was utter trash, um, but this I had mm. think at a point and it, and it made a little, it, it, it taught me something. And if it teaches me something, I'm like you know what, that was worth my time. And I thought it was done well. Yeah. It could have easily got very boring. It could have easily got stale very quickly. But twenty to twenty-five minute long episodes, they're punchy. They're oh no,
1: the the length yeah. of the episodes were perfect.
0: Yeah, it, it's easily consumable. And I genuinely thought, I mean, it's like I said, it's not brilliant. It's not the greatest thing I've ever made. But for what it was, I thought the two hours I spent watching it were actually enjoyable. Not two, I think literally just shy of two hours watching it was. Yeah, an yeah.
1: enjoyable time watching it and I laugh a lot yeah nice yeah. fair enough every 10 every 10 what you giving it <laughs> 4 and that's only oh, because of Nicholas so Cage he looked every single 4 points is for Nicholas. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm giving it a 7 I really like that as I've done a lot
1: of fun Oof. <laughs> Oof. So, so I-, I think it's just because we've came out of the festive period um, the all that can all those kind of shows are still very much burned into my brain you know that's on for like about four hours talking
0: about the greatest 100 movies or tv shows or whatever you know i don't watch those shows like the 100 or like i love the 90s or i love yeah. the 80s. i don't watch any of those shows so they, they it's maybe i'm less scarred by them than you are um, yeah I, i'm yeah. completely scarred by them <laughs> well i think i think if you look for something fun to watch for a couple of hours it's, even if you've watched an episode of the night for like a, you know, over a week, it's, it's fun enjoyable yeah. um, oh, stuff. Oh yeah, totally. Last thing we're watching is, well oh, you didn't watch but mm. I did, and that is Wonder Woman 1984, the much delayed Wonder Woman 1984, it's supposed to be in the mm. cinemas, then it comes to the cinemas it's supposed to, then it did come to some cinemas, and then it went away, but it's been on TV in America by HBO Max. It's the first sort of film mm. that HBO Max is putting out in America it came out on Christmas Day. Um, over here we had to wait, because it's in the cinemas here for a few places, um, until uh, Wednesday, 13th uh, of January, when it gets put onto um demand uh, release sort of rental. You have to rent it to, to watch it, to get it get it that way. Um, $15.99 to rent it. It's, it, it's a priceless sum. It's a priceless yeah. sum. Um, so that might be another... All- you, you've not seen the film, but I can talk about the film and discuss the, the rental aspect of it. So... I've, I've heard a few people talk about it that I
1: respect their opinions in movies and, and TV shows and stuff like that. And when they say it's not worth what I would consider the £15 pound price tag, I'm confident in that review.
0: I would say I don't think you should pay the £15 price tag, but you're not a superhero fan at all, so I don't think you would you, I think uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to cinema and see this. So I think it's something you're not. Yeah. Anyway, you got it for nothing. You probably wouldn't enjoy it. I, d- I
1: did actually enjoy the first Wonder Woman, which is really frustrating. Yeah, you know.
0: Um, yeah. So great by Patty Jenkins, who directed the first Wonder Woman that we both really like, mm. um, and also directed Monster. You've got the plot of this one is there is so much goddamn plot in this one. Um, <laughs> Wonder Woman's is living in the 1980s. She's still pining for Steve Trevor. And there's a rock on Earth, if you touch the rock, and you wish for something, you get your wish to come true, but it also has consequences. And um, so one of them washes on that role and Steve Trevor comes back kind of. And also so does a woman who becomes who wants to have one of them power and also a guy who's trying to um, become sort of a an overlord of all business, um, a guy called Maxie mm. Lord. and basically he becomes sort of the main the, the two of them together become the main enemy of one of women. Um, mm. And all things ensue from that. You've got Gal Gadot playing one woman again. Chris Pine plays as Steve Trevor. Kirsten Wig plays, um, who will be, he plays Cheetah. Uh, Pedro mm. Pascal plays Max C. The, the Mandalorian himself. Um, and you also get a little, little extended cameo from Robin Wright and Connie Nielsen playing the other Amazons. And, and I didn't know this until recently. There's a young girl in called Lily Aspel, who is playing young Diana, young Wonder woman. Mm. She's Scottish. She's from Comalmont. Is she? Uh-huh. Nice. Um, yeah, she's. That's just, awesome. She's come Comanche. She lives down south now, but our family live up in North uh, like, Springside, um, I So um, yeah, Gerald played one of them. So I was like, oh, actually, yeah. honestly, did not. She's in the first film as well, and this one as well. Didn't know that, um, but that made me smile finding that information out. So Lily Ash.
1: There, it um, is. It's even official because it's on our IMDb TV. page. There you go, Comanche Asha. Beautiful. Yeah, Asha's famous.
0: She's in. She's in the film. That representative. represent. Cool. <laughs> um, so she's in it, so that was, I thought it was really nice. Okay, now on to the film. Preface Can we get a statue of her?
1: Because she's like the most famous commandment person we now have. <laughs> Can we knock down Johnny Walker and just put her?
0: <laughs> Johnny Walker fucked off, so I may as well. Um, <laughs> get, into, get into the film. So, preface this by saying, like you, I really enjoyed One Woman, the first one. Like the scene on No Man's Land mm. is fantastic. The actual film itself was great, the out of water idea, I love the fact that in that film, Chris Pine essentially plays like sort of, he's a sidekick, one of them is giving front, you know, keep front and centre. Um, it had problems with the acting, it got a bit of a punchy, punchy blow-up thing, but other than that, I, I really enjoyed the first film, which made watching this so painfully disappointing. Um, it's oh. a bad sequel. Um, it latch absolutely any emotional connection. I did not give a two shits about what was happening to Diana, what was happening to Steve Trevor yeah. or to anyone else in the film. It just didn't have anything like that. Again, it has a problem of, we've before the comic book films too many baddies. I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. The, the guy who into the, the writer's room or producer's room and says, you know what's going to be one one Let's make two baddies. Let's like." Let's not make two baddies because every film that does the two yeah. baddie thing, three baddie thing, is always shit. Never has been a good one. And um, so, because of that, because of this to me, guys, far too much plot. This film is been at two hours and like 35 minutes, and it's a long film, 35 minutes. Um, so you could That's a long movie for comics. Yeah. You could literally cut out the entire Pedro Pascal, Maxi Lord plot in it, trim it down to one of them versus Cheetah story. And it would absolutely, mm. it could work. It might not be, I don't know how good it would be, but it would definitely feel less strained on my time. Um, and but, Because that plot has nothing to it. Um, it's just, it's too long, it's too long. Plot holes, so glaring. Don't make any sense whatsoever. Um, I'm not going to spoil the territory with it, but the, the, the way they bring back Steve Trevor, who died in the first one, into this one, it's so weird and creepy, it doesn't make any sense, and it makes you kind of question a lot more stuff in it. Um, mm. the also this thing, it's called One over in 1984. It's setting in the 80s. So you think go with the 80s, lay into the 80s vibe, go whole stranger things with yep. it. You know, we've been all been loving this, that kind of 80s thing. They do nothing with the 80s. The opening is a wee bit of people in Lycra. After that, there's, there's not even this, this is I thought it was the most reprehensible thing in it. There's not even a good like 80s soundtrack needle drop. You know, they can go like the rock out, you know, you can have you know, which makes you know. At one point, there's like literally a war between two tribes with each other. Mm. You know, like two groups fighting. You, know, yeah. you go, could be possible You know, maybe that like Frank was the Hollywood on there Maybe that would be ideal for this moment. No, no, don't don't bother with it. So there's nothing in this film. That I, an 80s movie. They're all she just. What, she what, what is what is the point? That's, that's the point. Yeah. I didn't understand why. I mean, only thing I can think about it, you don't want to say it now. if you said it now, you have the problem with why the Superman and Batman not get involved with, they'd already <coughs> in, her world, in, in her world? So I said in the 80s, there is no Superman, there is no Batman. So she's basically on her own, which gets makes some sense to some degree. Mm. But other than that, like, she swans around looking like Gal Gadot because she's a stunning woman. But there's nothing about her that makes her look 80s. You know, she just sort of, she's still wearing, everything she wears even looks like it should be worn now. And um, it's
1: just it's, I want it's just it's not a good watchman. I want I wanted her to have like the like a more vintage Wonder Woman outfit with just a big massive like long permy hair, you yep. know, and big massive like glasses on or something, you know. No hey, problem <laughs> in the with it. Like you said, it's like everyone is mad for the 80s. It's easy to drop music in. And when you're smashing a budget of like, where is it? i seen it two seconds ago. When you're smashing a budget of like 200, 200, million, uh, $200 million and you can't afford to pay for a couple of 80s soundtracks, I, know. I think there's a
0: problem here. you know. It was absolutely criminal. Um, yeah. Uh, I think one of the big problems with it, and I don't like to say it, is Gal Gadot looks every inch. woman how she should look. You know, she looks the absolute... <laughs> Perfect yeah. woman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Gal Gadot's got any acting props. yeah uh, I think she looks apart part fantastically, but I don't think she's much. She, I, I, you, I don't I didn't have anything. She didn't make me connect with her in any way. Everything seems very, mm-hmm. very blah about her when it comes to her acting ability. And I think mm-hmm. the charm of it got you through the first one, and the visual got you through the first one. Just wasn't there for this one. There is no scene on a part of no man's land scene, for example. Enough. There's no like, sort of focal point, great moment in this film. You go, that was awesome. And the final battle at the end is probably some of the most dodgy CGI i have seen in a major film for a long time. Like it looked Not almost no. like almost you've seen better CGI imagery in like video games than you have seen in mm-hmm. this. It looked very weak. Um, there's literally no
1: excuse now for bad CGI. Now, no, nah,
0: that's, really not. That's really not. Um, yeah, man, and that was the thing. I just, I wanted to love this film. Me and Joe both sat down to watch it. We wanted to really enjoy it. We mm. tried so hard to enjoy it, but we just got really bored and just did not, did not go for it at all. Um, yeah,
1: I, I don't know why can't DC just fucking use the blueprint for Marvel movies? You know what I mean? Just, just. Just fucking use that, you know what I, I think mean? They, I
0: think they've tried to do it and it's not really worked out for that. And there's nothing wrong with trying something different. Like, I thought other stuff I've done has been good. Um, like, I quite like One well, Woman. I quite like Man of Steel. I don't think it's a bad film at all. Mm. Um, um, I think there's probably the Justice League, obviously. And there's probably. The, they, they have got. They, they can do certain things. And they can pull off and stuff. Um, but mm. this is just not a good. It's, it wasn't good, man. And honestly, it felt like a real disappointment. From what the first one was and how much we enjoyed and loved the first one. So I've got yeah, a yeah. Long fall. Um, I'll give yeah. it greatness now. I, I, okay, I'm giving it five out of ten um, overall. Um, so very weak. Um, bigger discussion we can discuss is the fact fifteen ninety nine to rent this.
1: Yeah, now, it's fucking brutal. I, mean, I yeah, We have spoke we have spoke off Mike about my grievances with Amazon and the fact that they charge you nine ninety nine to rent a movie on certain movies within their group whereas there's other movies you can rent for the same time period for like maybe three pounds in the UK. Yeah. Um, that, that always rubs me the wrong way. I know we've all spoke about it and you say it's all to do with like the studios or who's yeah. got the license for that or something. But yeah, 15, yeah, I get it. They're trying this new business model where everyone's sitting in their house. They've got to try and make their money back because yep. I've seen the box office The box office first was not too hot. It was like. They've annihilated two hundred million, and they only made back eighty-five point four million. There's barely anywhere
0: open to show
1: it, yeah. Of course, of course. I would love to know what they're pulling
0: for. Like people actually paying that fifteen pounds to rent it. That that the interesting point, and that that's that's we end. That, that's all. End this experiment with HBO Max and things like that, mm-hmm. and putting things on on premium premium rental. As if people just aren't buying them, it's just not going to do it. And I think what they all hope for is they've got a big bump in the first day and then people will like mm. it and then you start telling people, oh, you should rent it to actually worth your time. If like this one, where the reviews yeah. were at best mixed, then, yeah, aren't, you know, I've paid it, but I'm not going to tell you to pay it. I think it's not worth it. You know, i tell you, wait for it you not know, don't, don't bother. So, I think that's yeah. where the issue comes, is that people they, they, they need that word of mouth to make it, people want to buy it again or want to rent it or recommend it to people to rent it to friends. Mm-hmm. Because right now, if you look at what people have bought in their house, right now, they've all got Amazon, everyone's got Netflix, everyone's got Disney+. Plus. People can do yeah, down the illegal route and, and have lots of illegal. Routes. There's no need yeah. and desire to spend 15 99 on a film that you only have for like 24 hours to watch because I can watch hundreds of different things so unless you're so into the point yeah. because you have to watch it or you want to talk about it with friends and things like, oh, listen, like I want to watch it because I listen a lot of podcasts where they're going to spoil the film in it because that's mm. the nature of the podcast. Yeah. So then you want to watch it. Well, on that, like I would tell you, about it. wait, it'll be out in six months on something else. Just wait six months and watch it then.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally, dude, totally.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? So, a bit of a letdown. Oh. Three yeah. beers is really promoting. Flying that uh, skull and crossbone flag high and getting your sea shanty on. No, definitely
0: not. Definitely, I, I don't. I don't view them modern. And I think if you want to watch the film, pay for it. If you don't like pay for it, then wait for it. Yeah,
1: um, totally. Well, I'm still, re- I'm still refusing to pay a tenner for fucking Total Recall. Uh, the Arnold, the only one on uh, Amazon. I'm still holding out, but they've got a tight grip on me. I may end up. Spurging and going for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'll be on might have a Blu ray or a DVD copy of that film, which I do have sitting on my shelf. I can watch it whenever I like. I don't have to, not, I don't have to whim to the, the Amazon world. And, and yeah. that's why you have physical media so you can actually watch something fucking white enough to rely on paying money for it. That being said, I did rent a film recently. Um, what I rented? Oh, we we mm. rented Wonder Woman. Um, that show, like the first one, it was on. It had yeah, yeah. it, been on Amazon for fucking months. I hadn't watched it. I thought, right, you know, people are watching you new one. We I mean, watch the old one, and they are smart. They go, I say that people buy that for the night because of what they want to, like, get themselves reattuned to it. So I yeah, yeah. that one. Had to rent it, rather than just being there. So I had to pay ninety-nine pence to rent that for one night. So one of the technically
1: like it? Like I, I, said the other week to yourself that happened to myself. I rented a dread from, yeah. I dread from Amazon for a couple of, for like three pounds. So I don't begrudge that at all. And then literally like within seven days it appeared on Netflix and I'm like, oh, you dirty bastard. Now granted, yeah. I know I would fucking burn that £3 on something else so it's not yeah. that big a deal, but still, it, it's
0: a kick in the nuts that you don't need. Yes indeed. Um, and again, I have it already so I don't have to do that with that one. Um, yeah, but that is us for this week, so Unfortunately One Woman was not what we all wanted for, but I would, I think we're both recommending Baby Teeth and I'm recommending, but you're half recommending Proxima and History of yeah. Square Robs. Next week we have, on Netflix again, we have a new limited series called The Night Stalker, mm. which is uh, Netflix's newest um, serial killer procedural Try mm-hmm. to find out who killed, or historic history of, of serial killer shows. Um, I may have given yeah, this has one. just been
1: added, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's been added very recently. Um, so... Have a look for that one, you have a watch for that one. I may have given away why I thought of that film, or that series already in this week's episode. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so, so that so that's, that is out. Um, also on Netflix, we've got a film called Les Miserables, which is not the, the 2012 sing-along version. And it's actually a kind of very kind of gritty French movie about of refugees and the police. Um, that's on Netflix as well, mm. as in French. So be aware of that, Barry, when you're watching it. Um, it's a, it's that's an interesting, okay. an interesting movie. And also, we've got on Amazon. um it's about I think yesterday. Is one called One Night in Miami, mm. and it's about a sort of idealised moment that didn't happen but could have happened when, like, sort of four people all met for one night and they basically discussed the world and how to fix it. Um, the interesting rub is that the four people are Malcolm X, Cassius Clay, Jim Brown, and Sam Cook. So it's like sort of four bastions of sort of like black culture and the black resistance, all meeting for this mm. one meeting in a, in a hotel room in Miami. Um, and what I'm, what I'm, like, to believe this didn't actually happen. But this idea about what it could have been, if it did happen, they're all they're all in Miami on this one night, so they could have definitely done it, but they never did. But this is this is sort of idea of what could have been based on a stage play. And it's now went to, to Amazon as a, a one-off movie. So um, have a look for that one. And cool. um, hearing good things about it. Um, but that is us for this week, Barry. You'll give me to find us. All the usual social media haunts at
1: Three Beers in a Movie. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram.
0: That's great. And that's us for this week. Um, I've been Richard. You've been... Barry. And you've been listening to... Three Beers in a Movie.